Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh my god, that is so totally funny. Not. Isn't that funny? It's actually funny. It's so funny. <laughs> it's already funny and it hasn't happened and it's fucking hilarious. I know. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm Jordana Levine. And I'm Holly as a party. Hey, Jords. Hello. How you going? How was your week? <laughs> it was really good because you know what happened to me this week? What happened? I had my first Hemsworth sighting in Byron That's Bay. Right. I know. Yeah. And I'm so fucking jealous. Where were they? What were they wearing? Who were they with? Well, first of all, I just want to say seeing both of them, seeing both Chris and Liam together is unheard of. I mean, that is yes. a rare sighting, right? But it's like an albatross sighting. It is. It is. And you know what's so funny? I wish I wish there was visuals to show you guys, but I'm going to try and explain it while I show it to Holly. Oh my God. So what I was doing was, this is a bit embarrassing, but I was going into the local bookshop in Byron to see how many of my books had been sold over the weekend. Of I just course, wanted given. to check. Yeah, I just wanted to check. So I'm on my way, but at the time I'm listening to a voice message on my phone but not having the phone too close to my ear. So I was kind of holding it out awkwardly away from my head in this <laughs> yeah. really weird position. And I'm yeah. walking up to the bookshop and Liam and Chris are standing there talking to each other. And I recognize them because I recognize their voices, which is also oh kind of embarrassing. God. But it Goals. looked, they both looked at me because I looked like I was trying to secretly film them. Because I have oh, my shit, phone Jules. like up like this, and Liam kind of looked at me, and then I just dropped my phone in my bag because <gasps> no. I was like, "Oh, that did look really dodgy, like I was trying to film them." But I was just trying to listen to the voice message without the phone up against my ear. <laughs> that is so funny. We I should know. send them this uh, audio and just, just you just know, so clarify. They know, for them. I know. And then I went inside and I. I looked at my book and it sold quite a few copies, which was good. Yay! And then when I came out, they were still standing there and um, I was just trying to act really, like, nonchalant. Like, I didn't even recognise them. Like, who is Miley Cyrus? Like, I don't even know who these two – here's the thing, though. Even if you didn't know who you were, who they were, you would look at them because they are beautiful men. Yeah, well, right? that's, that's the funny thing, right? Like, they are both really beautiful men, but I don't know if I would have looked twice at them, which is weird. Right. They looked very normal, average, Aussie, Byron guys. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had their goals. They had their sunnies on and, and they do have beautiful eyes. I don't know, but it was – it was it was fun and exciting. It was really it was really the highlight of my week. A follow shot. I remember when we were up in Byron for my wedding and there were multiple sightings of Chris in really? the lead up. Like everyone was up there the week before and like even Jem, our photographer, was like messaging, just saw Chris, just saw Chris. I was getting it at every angle and I'm like, Oh my god, I'm definitely gonna see him. I have wedding luck. But no. Oh, I didn't. No. Don't worry. We'll yeah. find him when you're up here. Cause okay, cool. Because he's been away on the Avengers publicity tour, so I haven't <sighs> even been keeping my eye out. But he back, baby. He back. He's back so we're gonna in a find big him. way. Yeah. <laughs> How has your week been? Look, not as exciting as that. <laughs> um, But I feel like for a little while I had lost my mojo. Oh. And I know I'm not – I can't tell you exactly why, but it was just like – I just didn't have my full Joe, you know? Yeah, just your Mo. <laughs> I just had my Mo and I didn't have my Joe, but yeah. now I have my Mo and Joe and it feels so attractive. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> – that's just truly how I feel. This week I feel really fucking inspired and, and feeling in, like feeling inspired is one of my biggest values. I need to feel inspired at all costs to feel my best self. And so I feel inspired by the work that I'm doing, by the people I'm spending time with, by my relationship, and it's enabling me to show up even more and to give even more to myself so first. Good. And else, yeah, it feels delicious. And do you know what? 
I feel like something that's fed into that is obviously the people that you spend time with. And you'll know this, George, when you run a business on your own, it can become incredibly isolating and almost like, yes, obviously the perks of working from home, there are a lot of benefits, but something that I've been incredibly conscious of over the last few weeks and really since uh, Bali, I was going to say Byron because of all the bees, (laughs) is, is taking days where I am working alongside other people that I really love. So friendships and soul connections, because then I'm vibrating in a more aligned state and I'm getting more channeled, deliberate and focused work done. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I, I, I can relate to it, um, on like a connections level because I feel like, yeah, I spend so much time on my own. And when I do get a chance to make those soul connections and spend time with those soul connections, it's like a recharge. But I do differ in the fact that I find it really hard to work with other people. Not, sorry, not with other people. Like we work together, but I mean like side by side doing separate work because I'm so chatty. Like I just get really distracted, you know? Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. We did get a bit distracted. (laughs) Me and a couple of my friends on Wednesday were working together and I I got solid good work done. I can't speak for them. But then we're like, let's order lunch. Let's go for a swim. Yeah, yeah. Let's lie in the sun. (laughs) So that was like, no, it was totally fine because we were productive in the morning. But what I found myself thinking about, George, is the people that I have closest to me now from particularly in the business world they, a majority of them weren't in my life like 18 yeah. months ago. And I had this conversation with Trenny because we've been married just over a year now. And our guest list, if we were to get married now, so would different. be but, like you weren't at my wedding. I know. Right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's literally like some, and I, this, I mean, we're clearly going to talk about friendships and I call everyone my best friend, but some of the, <laughs> some of the people closest to me, like six or seven closest people to me in my life right now were not at my wedding and it's fucking weird. Yeah. And you only got married a year ago. Right. Yeah. So I'm really keen on having this chat because I know we both get asked a lot about friendships and mm. how do you call it your soul sisters or soul connection and also, when you're deep in the work, in inverted commas, of personal development, of spirituality, of all of the things, mm. um, that can also add pressure to friendships that have been there before you've been on this journey. And I'm so keen to hear what your experience has been like this, George, because you have a lot of friends. <laughs> well, I do have a lot of friends, but I do, but I, I can relate to this on so many levels. I have a lot of different groups of friends. Um, mm. I've got my solid friends from school and I was really lucky. I came away with about four really solid, solid school friends and we're still all really, really, really close. We don't see each other all the time, but um, mm-hmm. we're always in contact Then I've got a whole bunch of friends that kind of came into my orbit when I started working for myself Um, and they are like soul connections and I don't even know how those friendships started to tell you the truth. Like it was just kind of kismet encounters and just amazing. And then I've got a whole bunch of friends that I picked up from like working different jobs in corporate over the years that also were like, you know, like your work wives or whatever you want to call them. And they're just like, you just, even when you're not at that job anymore and you don't have that in common anymore, you still got this real connection with each other. So I think the thread between all those different types of groups is when there is a soul connection, that's what keeps you in each other's orbit, but also what allows a friendship to bloom. So where I'm going with this is it's not, necessarily because you have things in common it's like yeah it's like when we were talking about relationships and we're like your values need to be aligned not your interests and I found that with my friendships too have you found that I am the exact same as you George in that I have so many different types of friends and groups of friends from all walks of life even down to the fact where I'm turning 
30 this year. Oh, my God. And initially I was like, I'm going to have a big party because the Leo slash Gemini in me is like, yes, to the elaborate <laughs> celebratory occasion. Yeah. And then I sat with it and it may be the that because I am nearing my 30th, I'm like, no, I want to celebrate with my really, really tight-knit crew. And I'm like, well, I actually have two. I've got my friends that aren't in this line of work at all. And there's probably about – 15 of them, maybe 10 to 15 of them from school or uni or um, like my retail job, like one yes. of my best, best, best friends. She was one of my bridesmaids. We worked in a clothing store together. Like she is one of my soul sisters to no end, has nothing to do with the work I do in the world, right? Um, from mother's group, my other bestie, Leah, is like we've been friends as long as we have been alive pretty much because oh, our mother. Mean- your mum's were in our mother's group best together. friends and still are best friends. <laughs> yeah. So, cute. so we've grown up like our entire lives together and it's like this rare soul connection. A psychic saw us both and said, you guys are soul sisters. And this is way before I did any of this work. And then I've got all of my, my soulies from the work that we do in the world. And it's like, oh, how fun to be able to play with that dynamic in that group of people. And then a totally different dynamic in another group of people. And the last week I've had a, I've had a dinner with one of the girls I used to manage in my old corporate job and we haven't seen each other in probably 18 months but we picked up where we left off. I had lunch yesterday with my beautiful girlfriend Kate who loves the podcast. So, hey Kate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she was like started that she was my naturopath and then we just, you know, fell in love. Yeah. And then I've had catch-ups with people who do similar work and work for themselves. And in the meantime, I speak every day to my girlfriends that don't. And I, the other thing I want to say in this is that I find the the most quality friendships are the ones where you can pick up where you've left off, no matter how much time has been in between experiences of actually spending time with each other. Mm. So like with Kiara, who I had dinner with last week, we hadn't seen each other in 18 months, but it was just like blah, 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 blah what's going on with this and this and this and this and there was it was just so enjoyable and beautiful and I feel like a lot of the time we can try and really force connection for the sake of how long someone's been in our life like mm-hmm. oh well I went to high school with them or I was their bridesmaid or whatever story we tell ourselves but if time has gone by and you're not actually feeling inclined to have that catch up or when you do catch up, it feels more depleting than inspiring, then they're indications that maybe the friendship has run its course and that's okay. It's absolutely okay. I get this question all the time um, and it usually comes into conversation around manifestation, but I don't think it's necessarily a manifestation. It's this idea of wasted energy and when there's friendships that aren't lighting you up the way that they used to but you've been friends with them for like 15 20 years like what does that mean does that mean that or or if you've grown and changed just like relationships right like you grow and change you have new interests and they just don't align with that anymore what do you do about that friendship and Mm. I, I always bring it back to like I do with everything back to how that makes you feel and what your vibration is around them like you said and if you feel depleted when you leave then yeah, it's sad, but I think that things can naturally come to an end and that's okay. Like we don't have yes. to have friends forever. You wouldn't hold on to a relationship, a romantic yes. relationship, if it wasn't ser- – well, people do, but you shouldn't. If it's not serving you anymore and if it had come yes. to an end and you were feeling depleted, you'd break up with them and go and find someone else. And yes, it's the same with friendships and I think that's okay. It doesn't have to be dramatic. You don't have to talk it out. You just phase it out. Yeah, it's just a natural phasing and it's happened a lot, especially, and I feel like it's highlighted, especially when you're in this line of work, because let's be honest, we do rapidly grow and change and I'm not the same person or friend that I was six months ago, 12 months ago, two years ago, and that's not going to sit with everybody and that's okay. It's not a, I don't like you anymore, I don't want to be your friend, let's have this conflict thing. It is a natural phasing and I feel that we set ourselves up for almost disappointment when we hear this terminology of like, friends for life, friends forever. And, you know, it's like placing that expectation on a relationship to be something that, well, what's the saying? People come into your life for a reason, a season, 
or a lifetime. Not every single person in your life is going to be there for life. And that's not saying that that person is a bad person or that you're a bad person. It's not about that at all. It's just this natural progression. Like, for instance, <clears throat> my throat chakra is clearing so much having this <laughs> I discussion. knew you were going to say that. I, did you? Yes. Did you know? Yeah. I did. <laughs> so I, I could just feel it like bubbling away. I'm like, oh, I need to. <clears throat> um, for instance, I had a really beautiful friendship with a girl that I went to high school with and we were friends all through her high school, tight as anything, holidays together. I was one of her bridesmaids and natural progression is, I don't know, maybe she'll listen to this podcast. I have no idea. I just, we're just not connected anymore. And it yeah. wasn't anything. There wasn't any conflict. There wasn't any falling out. There may have been a little, you know, misunderstanding or tension on both sides, but I don't hold any hard feelings. It's just the way that it went, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I wanted to say as well, George, is I guess it's all well and good for us to sit here and say we've got all these friends from different walks of lives because we're quite out there and we, you know, we find it easy to make the friends. What about the people who are listening, and I get it a lot with clients as well, who actually really do struggle to find connection at a friendship level? What what do you advise people to do in that situation? I'm such a broken record, but really I, I would I I do tell people to really just focus on being their most authentic self because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to attract like-minded vibrations and people towards you on the same frequency, right? And that's what I put down to all of the people who come into my orbit that I'm friends with. Like I said, I don't even know how I met half of them. It's really weird circumstances, you know? Like um, I was telling you the other day about when I met one of our mutual friends, Vicky Heath. Like it was this really Vicky. weird email exchange that we'd had professionally. We were both professionals at the time and we ended up meeting up for a coffee and we just like, it was like, it's like going on a first date. Like we hit it off straight away. Yes. Same thing happened with Zoe Bosco, mutual friend. I she rocked Zoe. up to a lunar night. She literally walked in the door. A friend of, a mutual friend of ours had brought her and he, he came in with her and I locked eyes with her and I was like, she's my soul sister. I didn't know who she was. And I was like, she's my friend for life. Like it's the same chemistry that you have in relationships and you feel it, you feel it straight away. And so what I'm saying to people is in order to feel that kismet feeling, what you want to be doing is being your most authentic self because what those people bring out in you is the best version of you. And the only way to match that frequency is to be you, not be what you think you need to be in order to be their friend. Yes. Do you agree, Holly? Oh, my God. I'm like, sing it louder, sister. (laughs) Um, I believe that it like this is exactly what I tell everybody and there's that level of vulnerability in that because it's putting yourself out there to to someone where you feel that connection and say hey do you want to grab a coffee and catch up or like I'd love to you know spend some time with you I feel like we're really vibing here it's like dating I would assume not done that um but <laughs> but I'm, if it's like that i'd be very good at dating because i'm very <laughs> good at fucking making friends yeah. and it is because it's putting yourself as well in situations that feel authentically aligned for you even when it feels uncomfortable for instance i went on my first kentucky this year so <laughs> and it was cool. run i know it was run by two of my friends so i thought okay it's fine. I'm going to support them and go along. But when I went, I was in my head, I'm like, I don't need any more connection. I've got my people. It's fine. I'm not really going for connection. And I mean, it's a fucking cliche, but I came back like with a handful of best friends. We still catch up to this day. Like I'm going out with Katie tonight. She's one of my, I'm like, where have you been my fucking whole life? Same thing. When I went to Bali, uh, that was just to run the retreat with a girlfriend of mine, Nikki, and then one of our now mutual friends, Nikki, who I'd only really seen on Instagram and at some events, uh, she was like, do you want to share, you know, a villa together for a few nights? And I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Why not? We ended up sharing a bed together, like first night spending any time together. 
one of my closest friends now. And mm. it's just putting yourself in those situations that feel aligned for you. If it's going along to the workshop on your own because it's something that you're interested in, it's booking the Kentucky or whatever the trip is, traveling on your own is a great way to meet people. Um, and, and George, same thing as you. I've hosted workshops where people have walked in and I've gone, where have you been my whole life? Like, you are my best friend for life. <laughs> Again, setting up for failure. But <laughs> taking yourself places on your own and sitting in the vulnerability of that because yeah. no one actually thinks twice. Totally. But also I think I think where Holly and I advance in this field is that we're initiators so I will always like if I'm let's say I'm having a great Instagram relationship with someone and this this happens guys like this is a reality I've made many friends on Instagram I will be the one that sends them the the DM and says hey you know I'm I'm around your area this weekend you want to have a coffee yes and they go oh my god I'd love to have a coffee and then yes set the date up and it really is about taking initiative I think yes I mean we've said it before you said it within your relationship with Trent and I'm the same in relationships I'm the planner I set the dates I make the dates I book the hotels I book the houses I book the planes I do all of that and I'm the same in my friendships like if my girlfriends go oh my god we should totally have a catch-up dinner none of them do anything about it no it's me organizing everybody to get everyone to dinner which is fine like I love doing that but if you want to get out there and make new friends then you need to initiate it you need it yeah especially if you're not an initiator because that can feel very uncomfortable and guess what there will be times where people say no it's just a given. And to be honest, I, I say no because I do get asked quite frequently, you know, I want to catch up for coffee or I'm going to be in Byron when you're in Byron, blah, blah, blah. And it's always when I receive a message like that, it's like, God, fucking go you. Amazing. Put yourself out there. Absolutely. And if the worst thing is that someone says no, you're no further behind. The, in, in fact, you've actually got yourself closer to yeses. Do you know what I mean? It's totally. like keep it's a really putting good yourself looking at it. out there. It's like every no or every like, oh, I'm busy, I can't. It's just leading you to someone who is going to say yes, who is authentically aligned with you. And yeah. this this is where you find your people. And the other thing is you don't need, and I'm, fuck, how have I learned this? You do not need to have 20 friends, 10 friends, 15 friends. You do, if you can count on one hand, the amount of fucking solid connection you have in your life, cheering, right? People that you can turn to for anything at all because connection is, God, I'm going deep here, but it's one of the five key components when it comes to positive psychology, connection with other people. So this is paramount for us living a positive and happy life, right? Mm. But it's because in the moments where we are feeling like we need to be held and supported, we can actually turn to the people we're connected with and ask for that and be vulnerable in that and be held in that. And that's what strengthens connection. So it's no good. We're coming back to that conversation around it's no good showing up as only a little bit of a version of yourself and not showing warts and quirks and weirdness and all because People are people are clever, right? We read energy, and if the energy isn't aligned, we won't necessarily pinpoint it to be like, oh, that energy isn't aligned, but we'll be like, oh, there's something off. There's just something off, and it's often when you're not in your full, authentic, vulnerable state. So this is just the undertone for all connection. I couldn't agree more. I agree. I think I notice it a lot as an introvert, um, the value of connection because – Every now and then I really need to disconnect and yeah. just connect back to self and be on my own. Um, when I got back from Sydney and I was in Byron, I was feeling very adrenally fatigued and any kind of connection was just exhausting me. So I really went insular and I, I think mm-hmm. I spent about three or four days just on my own. Mm. But by the end of that time, oh, my God, like I was craving some sort of connection again and it couldn't just be – you know, a connection with the barista, not that I've been drinking coffee, but, you know, like a person down the street. It had to be a proper connection. And so yes. know, I called out my best friend. I was like, oh, my God, spend like five minutes with me. I just need somebody. And it was so yes. um, 
re- like a, it was like a recharge. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. The other thing I want to say, and it's just like fully downloaded, is tell people that you love them. Tell people you love them. Wear your heart on your sleeve. Holly, Do- I love you. I love you. <laughs> I, I, and I love to fucking share love and feel it and allow yourself to be vulnerable in that state where it's not romantic love. Obviously it can be, but you know, I love you. Like you're an amazing friend to me. I feel so good when I'm around you. I just fucking love our time together. Like people love to hear that, right? doesn't matter if you're a Leo or not. People love (laughs) to hear that they are loved. At the end of the day, that's all we are all seeking, right? And we've got these walls around our hearts where it's like, better not let anybody in too close to me because they could leave and it could hurt. And it's like, that is the fucking point. If you're not edging into that discomfort of I'm giving so much of my love to this person because that's how much they mean to me and it scares me that they could leave, then I'd question the authenticity of your connection because that's what connection is. It's like it's this unconditional love of, yeah, maybe you're not going to be in my life forever, but you're in my life right now and I'm so grateful for that. Here's a question for you. Um a lot of my girlfriends are quite good at it, but I have seen women especially doing this, but I guess guys do it as well. When they're in a relationship, whether they're married or a long-term relationship, and they stop putting effort into their friendships because they get all their connection from their partner. Now, you don't do that. Like you and Trent are the opposite of that. But what do you think about people that are doing that? Where's Where are the pitfalls in that? Oh, there's so many pitfalls. When people ask me the secret to my longevity with Tranny, I say we've got our own lives, we've got our own friends, we've got our own hobbies and passions and, yeah, I do not rely on Trent for any level of connection. I feel like there's a few things in this. The first thing is you first relying on self and self-love and being on your own and being okay with that and not meaning loneliness is so important because people can have all the connection in the world, all the friends in the world, all the romance in the world and still feel lonely, right? So it's it's not about that. It's about um, recognizing – I feel that you've really got to take a step back when you're in a relationship and going, am I putting – all of my dependency, is that the word, on this person Mm. to fulfill that component in me that wants to feel connection? And if the answer is yes, you're kind of, you're you're dancing in, (laughs) I was going to say you're dancing in murky waters. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, no, I don't think you dance in them. No, no, I dance in them. That's the thing. (laughs) You're fucking dancing in murky waters there, guys, because what, what? Oh, George has lost it. <laughs> what would happen should that relationship, you know, fall apart for whatever totally. reason? We don't know. We don't know. No, you can don't. you can believe in all your heart you're going to be with someone forever, which is beautiful, but also let's just be real. Like relationships end for whatever reason and you've put all your eggs in one basket and then it's a matter of losing the connection that you had that may have been really great with friendships but you'd forgotten about them or you didn't put time into nurturing them. But here's what – I notice with myself, George, and I can hand on heart say, and I said it to a few of my close girlfriends this year where connection has been a key for me because I lost myself in my business last Mm. year and it was like putting all my eggs in one basket where the connection I was getting was purely work connection at events, anything to do with collaboration, which is all great, but what about the friends that have been there before that? And they have become like as much my priority right now. Like I'm talking my one girlfriend from high school, my one girlfriend from my retail job, uh, my one girlfriend from mother's group, That they were my three bridesmaids and then my sister, and then the others that I feel this real deep connection with that I kind of let fall by the wayside last year because I was so caught up, just like people get in a relationship, with my business. And this was something that I wanted to ask you, George. How do you maintain beautiful connection? Like how do you keep the fires burning? Because it does take effort on both ends. Um, Voxer 
probably keeps yeah. me connected with yeah. most people. Um, no, honestly, I, like I said before, I am an, an initiator, so I don't let I I don't let friendships slide. And if they have slid, if anyone's listening and feels like it slid, it's probably I've slid you on purpose because. I, yeah. I really, I really do value connection. And if it's been, okay, and like you said before, like it can be weeks between calls or months between calls, but it's, but it goes back to that same connection the minute you reconnect again. Yes. Um, I just, you know, I send text messages out to let people know I'm thinking of them. I make phone calls to my friend, like my close friends. I'll actually yes. call on the phone. I won't box. I won't send a text message. I'll actually talk to them and have real connections yes. with them. Spoke to a friend of mine last night in Spain and she's one of my best friends and we never talk. And I said to well, she said to me, she's like, why don't we do this all the time? It's just like calling me if I was down the road, except you've yes. got to do it at a specific time. It's no different. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so right. So, yeah, I'm – like I said, I'm an initiator and I think that if you want to keep friendships alive, you need to you need to take the initiative to do it if that's important to you because if you're always constantly waiting for them to make a plan with you and that's your level of how much of a friend they are, like if they put the effort in. Totally. Then a lot it's, of not, the time, it's not both ways. No, and I think that's fine. Like I don't think because my friends – and some of them do, of course. But because my friends aren't trying to plan the lunch, I don't think it's a reflection that they don't love me. It's that they don't have great time management skills. I yes. happen to have great time management skills. So I'll plan the lunch. You know? I love that. Yeah. I love so that. How about and this you? Is where, well, for me, I I really did, could acknowledge last year that I let things slide with certain friendships. And so it was about me being more of the initiator. And the reason that it had slid was that, uh, about, about three or four years ago, I was in therapy and I, I was feeling really used by a lot of people in my life. Okay. And she told me to take a break from being the initiator and see what friendships flourished mm. and what friendships didn't. And I did that and I was really confronted by the friendships that completely dropped off when I wasn't constantly being the initiator. And it's not until having this conversation with you now, George, that I recognize that that had kind of woven its way into some beautiful friendships of mine because I had this psychologist in the back of my head saying, if you're constantly initiating, is that a really solid friendship and I was shown that in some instances we'll know when I wasn't putting in the effort the friendship dropped away however what I want to say to that is that even when I was to do that even though there were friends in my life that weren't necessarily the initiator they did step up and that's the difference it's like when it's friendship is a two-way street right it's it's both ends and nowadays I can look at myself and if I've been MIA and I'm like, fuck, I haven't checked in on this person in like fucking a few weeks, I'll send the message and say, I'm so sorry. Things have been manic. It's no excuse. How are you going? What's been going on? And it's just taking responsibility for the role you play in that friendship. Mm. That said, if you've noticed that there are, have been some friendships drift away and you're not feeling called to reach out, then that's a sign in itself that the friendship has run its course. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Sorry. And I think I should have, I should have said that you can't, you can't always be the initiator in that you're pushing a dead relationship, you know, up a very steep hill. I think I used so many different like metaphors all in the one metaphor just then. Mixed metaphors. I love mixed metaphors. They're the best. They're the best. (laughs) Pushing a very heavy friend up a very steep hill. (laughs) Um, of course, no. Like that's when, but that's when it goes back to your vibration and your energy. It's like, does this energy feel wasted or does it feel like it strengthens by me putting in a bit of effort and then the reward is the amazing lunch that I've planned, you know? Exactly. And at the end of it, yeah. oh, it's a friendship and connection is meant to feel effortless, right? Yeah. It's meant to feel light. It's meant to feel enjoyable and fun and playful and that you can let your walls down. So that's the nature of it. And if that means you have one or two really tight friends that you can do that with, 
fucking cherish them and celebrate them and the fact that you've got them in your life. If that's a handful of people, great. I almost want people like at, like as a takeaway from this conversation to reach out to that friend you've been thinking about as we've had this conversation and organize some kind of beautiful because I love surprising my friends. Like that's another thing. Like I love <laughs> like, you know, like boo. No, not around the corner. No, not like that. <laughs> but like I love playing tricks with my friends. No, I love doing little like things for them, like maybe sending a bunch of flowers and just saying mm. thank you for being you or shouting them lunch after and just saying, no, it's on me because I just love you or whatever it is. So what can you guys do listening right now to show a friend in your life that you love them? Oh, that's so nice. And it might just be telling them that you love them. The, sometimes the best thing and if they get weird say open your fucking heart chakra and accept the love <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love that so much all right holly what are your recommendations this week this is actually my favorite segment of our show by the yeah, way look it's pretty it. high up for me too but sometimes do you feel a little bit of pressure i feel well yeah i feel all the pressure but i love yeah. that i know it's fun it's like it keeps us on our toes yeah. okay so the first reco Oh, I'm so excited to be sharing oh this God. with you all because I don't even know how Trent and I stumbled up upon it. So it's a Netflix series and it's called Somebody Feed Phil. If there's anybody listening to this who has actually watched it before I recommended it, please let us know in the Facebook group because we just randomly stumbled across it one night. I think Trent found it. And we watched the first episode and we were like, Oh bless this this man just must have inherited some money and decided to make a documentary on food because he clearly likes to eat but he's a little bit of an odd character like he's a little bit weird but he was just so fun to watch because he just fucking loves food so much so it's the premise of it is Phil travels to different locations around the world and eats their local food so it's travel and food and What's amazing about it is we worked out it's actually Phil Rosenthal. Now he, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, everybody loves Raymond. Like he yes. is, he is the the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, and it's based on his life. And he is actually Raymond. Like it's wild. His parents are. At, you see it all. You're like your life is Everybody Loves Raymond. He's married to what's Ray's brother. Um. What's his name? Rob, Robert? Rob, yeah. He's yeah. married to Robert's wife from the show. Oh. So, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So where it landed, I'm like, oh, no, this guy is very successful. And he's just decided to go on this global tour. Every episode is a different location. So he's visited Vietnam. He's visited Mexico. He's visited New York for the best pizza. And he's visited, like, <laughs> everywhere around the world and just eaten at the best locations but not the fancy schmancy ones it's not chef's table like snobbery it's like the grungy cool left of center local and traditional foods and it's just him lighting up every time he eats it it i can't explain it other than it is so much fun that trent and i watch both series in like two weeks and we're like what when when do we get another hit of phil I'm going to watch it. That actually sounds like the kind of food show I could handle watching. Yes, because it's not it's, – it is food but it's travel and it's yeah. real and it's authentic and he's so fucking cute. His energy is just contagious and it has a theme song and me and Trent sing it every time it comes on and this is the little bit at the end. It goes, can somebody, somebody feed Phil? Can somebody <laughs> feed Phil now? Like, he's just sitting on wads of cash just creating content because he loves it. <laughs> is Phil on the fat side? Is no. Phil a large That's man? Thing. It's so, like, it, it's so frustrating. He must have a fucking great metabolism because <laughs> he is like, this is your fucking Phil, but you just, you just love Phil. Oh. And he is that little bit, like, he's just that little bit weird, yeah. which makes go, like, you just love him even more. Please, everyone, watch at least an episode. You'll fall in love with it. I'm going to do it tonight. I'm really excited. I'm going to have a Friday but night in with Phil. I love that. And can I just say, your recommendation yeah. last week, Dead to Me, <gasps> I never been watch. I finished the whole, whole series. I, I mean, season. Yeah. So good. So, so fucking good. good. They're all so good. And I just love that there was a twist in every episode. You're like, 
What? It just kept you on your toes yeah. and I never binge watched. So thank you for that, Reco. You're so welcome. And your second Reco? My second Reco is, so I want to talk crystals for a second, which mm. is fitting as your beautiful crystal ring is like smack and bang oh, in my yeah. face. <laughs> oh, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> that smoky quartz? It is a smoky quartz, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who will have your crystals out on the full moon, oh, you will have already had them out because it's Monday that this goes to air. But also, if you forgot, get them out now. Yeah, tonight. I mean, tonight. Oh, it's so well, confusing the way we yeah, do this. Yeah, just get them out. It? Just fucking get your crystals out. <laughs> but <laughs> the way that I use crystals is, uh, well, number one, they're really pretty, and so I like having them in my house. But obviously crystals have different energetic and healing qualities depending on how you use them and what you're drawn to. And I started, this was when I was really dabbling in intuitive reading before I realized that it was an actual thing I should be doing. I would wake up from dreams and crystals will have landed in my subconscious where I'd wake up and be like, Labradorite is that a crystal? And then I'd have to Google and be like, oh, it is. And then its qualities would be what I needed. Oh, yeah, George, this happened to me for about a month before I went, this is a thing. Same. So Labradorite came to me, Lapis Lazuli came to me, and some others where I was like, I didn't even realize that was a crystal, but there you go. And my cousin gifted me one Christmas with the Encyclopedia of Crystals. Now, that is my recommendation. It's by Judy Hall. And this is for any of you who are really interested in learning more about certain crystals that you're drawn to, if you're working with crystals, if you just really enjoy them. This encyclopedia goes through every crystal, its properties, what zodiac signs it's connected to, what planets it's connected to, whether it's a mask femme crystal, and all of the themes and messages that that crystal really can hold for you. Mm. So even if you're thinking of adding a crystal to your collection, you can look into the encyclopedia and really get a feel for what's right for you. And my God, there are hundreds, hundreds yeah. of crystals. And the best up. thing about um, Judy Hall's book, I think there's a few volumes now, actually, yeah, it is. but is that every single crystal has a photo. Like, you know, sometimes yes. when you're looking up crystals on the internet or something and it's just like they describe it to you and you're like no yes i need to see it to match yes. it to the crystal i have in my hand yeah it's exactly. it's really good or when you buy a crystal because you think it's beautiful and you're like yes i'll remember what it is and then you forget you can open the encyclopedia and i've done it before and been like oh because it's colorized so it's like the pink crystals the red mm. crystals the orange whatever and it's like okay this is an orange one which one is it oh it's that one um so i highly recommend that for all of you, my loves, and get those crystals out if you haven't already. Yeah, I love that. I actually just ordered some new crystals yesterday. I'm hoping Ooh. they arrive today. What did you order? Um, well, I got um, my friend Lou. I was going to call her Friedland. I think that's her maiden name, Lou Bell. She um, runs Table Tonic in Avalon. Have you ever been? Beautiful. No, oh, no, I it's not a it's not a real store anymore. It's just online. But okay. she has crystals and she made a make it happen, happen crystal pack. I saw that this morning. Oh, my gosh, I want one. Oh, my God, I die. So I was like, let me give away some books. So we ran this little comp, but I was like, I also want some crystals. So I ordered a batch of them. And they're palm stones and palm crystals so that you can hold them in your palm while you meditate. Shut up. Yeah, so they, they, they're shaped to sit right in your palm. And part of the package was also some quartz wands as well. Um, and there's – I can't remember what's in the pack, but there's some rose quartz and amethyst and then, like, some really beautiful jaspers. And like, I love jasper. I'm really excited. I Can love I crystals. ask you something, George? Yeah. What is your favourite crystal? Like, you know, you can't ask me that because I, I don't I have a favourite crystal. No, neither do I've I. I've got, like, but... a favourite crystal in my house – but yes. it's the crystal itself, not so much that type okay. of crystal. Do you know what I mean? Mouthfeels. I know. It's like choosing a favourite child. Oh, I couldn't. hear that that's impossible. I, I reckon I probably could. Can I tell you a really funny story just quickly and everyone else just has to listen? Yes. Holly, last night my friend was asking me, he was like, if you if you bought a female dog today, what would you call it? And he's like, quick, don't, don't think about it. Just tell me. And I was like, Lola. Oh, and, my God, I love but, you. Wait, and then it didn't. I was just like Lola, and then he's like male dog. I was like Archie, <laughs> and then it was only this morning that I woke up and I was like, I just chose both of Holly's dogs' names. That is so weird, and I didn't realize it at the time. Feeling my dog. Yeah, don't ever tell me what you want to call your kids because I might accidentally use that. 
Oh, yeah, shit. I've I've got my kids' names yeah, sorted. Don't t- I can't don't tell, tell you. Me. No. Although fuck, you'll probably have that. babies before me, so. Oh, I mean, we'll who knows? Safe. We'll, we'll see. Watch this space. <laughs> the race is on. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you recoing this week, George? Well, I've got some good ones, but I've got to go and get my phone off the coffee table because they're in it. So just give me a second. <laughs> okay. So while George is going, I'm going to sing you the rest of Somebody Food Phil. Oh, I forget how it starts. And she's already back. That was really quick. That was a waste of time. I was going to sing Somebody Feed Phil, but I just forgot the rest of the song. <laughs> well, you did such a good job last time. I wouldn't want you to try and one-up yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing something a little bit different this week in my records. I thought I might um, recommend some Instagram in, Insta, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram <laughs> accounts. I love this. That I like to follow because... There's so much crap on Instagram that sometimes it's really good to get someone's recommendation about stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, guys, I wanted to, like, come with some really, like, deep, self-empowering ones, and I just didn't. I just came back with some fun ones. Yes. So I hope you guys are on board with that. Fucking um, yes. I've just got to find them. Okay, so for the lols and the memes, there's a lot of meme ones out there, right? Like but this. I never laugh more than... This one, which is my therapist says. Do you follow my therapist says? <laughs> I don't. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Um, my therapist says. I don't know who she is. She just she basically she just finds memes on the internet and curates them onto her site. It's she's not even coming up with them, but she always just finds the funniest ones. Uh, I tag people in my therapist says stuff all day. So I will literally spend at times an hour just looking at memes on Instagram laughing and I yeah. don't feel unproductive at all. It's no. important. It fucking gets you in the vortex. They're so clever, some of them. I, I'd no. love to create memes. I feel like it's something that I need You'd to You'd be do good at, at it. Point. Thank yeah. you for my life. Um, the next one I wanted to recommend is I love like interiors and like looking at indoor plants and like I could just get lost on Pinterest it's one of my favorite things to do fall down a Pinterest vortex but indoor plants and like lush living spaces are like crack to me like I love it there's an account that a friend put me on to a couple of weeks ago called the jungalow so like bungalow but jungalow like indoor jungle Love it. And it's Love just the pun. most gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the mm. most gorgeous, um, basically shots of indoor plants in houses looking amazing. And I just love it. I love it. The jungalow. Oh, the jungalow. So good. Um, and then the last, oh no, no, I've got two more. I wanted to do like a celebrity account because there's a lot of celebrities that do a lot of crap. And there's a lot yeah. of celebrities that I just actually really love the way that they use social media. So this one is a Australian celebrity, I guess. Like she's also a business owner, Zoe Foster-Blake. Everyone knows Zoe Foster-Blake. Oh, amazing. She does her Instagram so well. So she has her family on there. She still is able to talk about her businesses, but she never uses it in a way to sell, sell, sell. She makes sure she has her business accounts to do that. So if she's talking about her skincare brand, it's about her being at an event for her skincare brand, but she's not trying to sell the products on her account. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's so many fine lines with business now. And I just always appreciate the way that she does it and the way she communicates to her audience. And her captions are so funny. Like, she's just so... She's funny AF. She's funny AF. And you know what? Like, she never... She has heaps of Insta stories, but she's never on video talking to camera. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You and I both do that. Yeah. But she still manages to let us connect with her on a personal level without her having to be on camera. I love it. I'm just in awe of the way she does it. So if you don't follow Zoe Foster and you're in that similar kind of businessy vibe where you're trying to mix or not blur the lines between business and your personal life, she does it really well. So it's something to I love that. Have a look I at. love that. Yes. Yeah. 
And then the last one is so fun. And you guys are probably already following it already after we spoke about it a couple of episodes ago on the natal chart episode. But the co-star Instagram account. Yes, I forgot to follow them. the bomb.com. It's so good. I, I tag Holly in it all the time and she yes, still hasn't followed them. Following. But Fuck. basically most of their posts are like a um, he says, she says kind of vibe, but it's about the star signs. So I it's like... It you know, the hypochondriac and then it's like how each sign would show their hypochondria and it's just hilarious and they're so spot on. Although I feel like she's a little bit mean to Pisces. Like (laughs) Pisces is all about, always like like breaking down about something, overly emotional. Pisces are just way too fucking sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Joking. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) Sorry, Pisces. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, does she not like Pisces? She's not very nice to them. must be a sign that she's had a bad experience with. Yeah, so if you're a Pisces, you might get offended by the account, but everyone else, go and look at it. It's so mm-hmm. funny. And and I know you'll all resonate with it. So, yeah, yes. that's it for me this week. Oh, wait, actually, oh, sorry, I didn't run this by you, Hole, but I do have one more recommendation that's not. Come on, George, follow I the know, script. I know, but it, I think it's a good one. What script? Come on. I know. <laughs> I'm getting you back for never following <laughs> The not non-existent script. The non-script. Um, so it's only it's only been one week, but I'm one week without coffee, which yes. means I've been drinking lots of tea. <laughs> and oh, I um, love the tea break. Yeah. yeah, and I've been trying lots of different types of teas, and I actually, strangely enough, have lots of friends with different tea companies, which is so funny. But um, so my friend up here in Byron is Kate Dalton, and she has made tea. Do you know made tea? M A Y D. Yes. Yeah. And her, I mean, I love her branding and her packaging is beautiful. She has big mm-hmm. amber glass jars. But this week um, I was, I went and bought some rooibos turmeric chai. So it's Ooh, a chai um, and it's made with rooibos, which is caffeine free and it's got turmeric in it. And oh, guys, it's so Delicious. I think it's really hard to get a good chai where you don't have to put a ton of honey in it. Yes, I agree. I, I've been ordering a lot of chai lately, actually. Yeah, and when you think you like chai because you're having it out at cafes, it's because they're putting a gallon of honey in there and that's why totally. you think you love it. Totally. But hers is really spicy and oh, I just love it. So if yeah. you do like chai, I highly recommend made tea, rooibos, turmeric chai. And if you're having caffeine, her regular chai is really good as well. Amaze. Sounds yeah. delicious. I'm going to have to have that tea when I'm up staying with you next week. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll make you a cuppa. <laughs> I can't wait. Guys, you guys are going to be in for such a treat next episode because Holly and I are going to be in the same room recording. Oh, my God. The magic. The magic. Maybe so it won't even record because technology is just going to fucking implode. Oh, well, don't make that happen. What? I'm so sorry that you're saying that. <laughs> What's that? It was like some weird projection shit. Don't do that ever again. You guys know that if there's no episode next week, you know what happened. <laughs> you Come find us, first. please. <laughs> <laughs> Come find us. We like fell into the vortex, never coming yeah, back because Holly spoke ill of us. That's so funny. Um, I think it's time we went to the next segment, Holly. Trying I mean, something like this new. Episode has gone for two hours. I know. <laughs> Um, we did chat a lot before we started recording. Don't worry, I'm keeping an eye on the time. Um, yeah, what did you try new this week? Oh, well, I'm so excited to share this with all of you because it's one of those things that I do regularly and just assume because I do, everybody does. And then anytime I say, oh, I'm doing this, every time people are like, oh, I've never done that before. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like breathing to me. So (laughs) I am going to recommend... (laughs) A float tank, which is apparently like breathing to me. Floating <laughs> is like breathing to me. Yeah. I've lost. But I have been doing float tanks or they can be, you could call them sensory deprivation tanks or salt baths. At sensory yeah. deprivation sounds terrifying to me. You look really scared. Yeah. And that's often the response I get when I oh. talk about the float tanks okay. because basically the way that it works is you are floating in a bath that is heated. It's not really a bath. It's like a pod, like a space age fucking pod thing that's heated to your body temperature. 
and it's got I want to tell you exactly how much magnesium. It's got a hundred liters of water warmed to your skin temperature at a depth of twenty five centimeters, and then they add six hundred kilos of pharmaceutical grade Epsom salt, which is magnesium sulfate. So the reason that they do this is the dense solution, which is like the Dead Sea, enables people, no matter what your body type is, to float effortlessly and escape the pull of gravity, right? I have so many questions, but you keep talking. Yeah, yeah, fire them. I'll I'll tell you my experience with them and then I'll answer the questions. And I do want to say that any of the technical answers I am pulling from Sydney Float Centre, their website, they are the float um, company that I float with. And I (laughs) I know it's it sounds wild, but I literally do this at least once a month. I've got Trent on board as well. The first experience I ever had with floating jords, Trent and I received as a gift for our engagement. So this would have been about two years ago. And we went to a space in Bondi Junction, actually. Yeah. Uh, and we they had their float tanks in the same room. So you can't float with someone together. It doesn't work. Yeah, I was, that was a question. So thank you, you for answering it. Definitely can't. You've got to be in your own space. But I was so nervous. I'd heard of the benefits and I'll rally those off in a moment. But I was really nervous because I thought, oh, maybe I'm going to get claustrophobic, which is something that comes up a lot when I recommend floating to my clients as well. It's like, oh God, but you're enclosed. And basically you are in this float pod floating without any sense of gravity with the lights in pitch, like pitch black darkness and no sound as well. So it literally is depriving you of all of your senses. Now, the reason that they do this, it creates a profound relaxation effect on the body. But when you hear it, it sounds fucking scary, especially because you are enclosed. But when I had my first experience, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. You can just open the tank at any time if you're getting wigged out by it. But you you will not. You'll surprise yourself with how resilient you are. That said, you've got to fucking commit if you really want to reap the benefits because you don't actually experience the innate, like amazing power of the float until about three to four sessions in. So until you've floated about three to four times and your body and your mind actually are familiar with what you're doing and can really let go because the first few times, and I persevered, your mind is going, what the actual fuck? And it's like when you've never meditated before and you sit and you try to turn off your thoughts and all you can hear are your thoughts. When you're in a float tank for the first few times, a lot of the time you will lie there going, why aren't I relaxed yet? Why am I still thinking? This is the longest hour of my life. I just want to get out now. This is so weird. An hour like, is a really long time. Well, it is when you first start, but now the hour is just honestly, it is so quick. I, I'm just blown away every time. So I've been floating for about 18 months now. And as I said, I <laughs> go you once. have, my friend. That <laughs> you have. <laughs> and I walk out there fucking levitating mm. because I have reached. So what happens when you're in sensory deprivation is your brain dances between alpha and theta brainwave, which is almost impossible to to get in day-to-day life in terms of that deep sense of relaxation at a cognitive level. And so this dance between alpha and theta goes on where you are in a, it's almost like a dreamlike state, but not even like, George, I know you'll relate to this and maybe the listeners who meditate will. You know, when you get to that moment in a meditation where you have dropped and you don't even know how long you have been out of it for, Mm. but you've been out of it and you're like, whoa, and you kind of want to go back there. That's what the float does for an hour. So my most recent float was about two weeks ago and I hadn't floated in a few months. So I kind of anticipated that, oh, you know, it might take a while for my thoughts to go. But before I knew it, I was just out of it. And then I heard they play music, like really gentle music for you to come to, like when your float is up. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know where I was, what I was releasing, but it's like a deeply profound meditative thing without you needing to do a thing other than lie there in this warm salty bath water amazing but can the, i oh yeah can i throw a few questions at you 
Well, yeah, I was just going to say that the other benefit of the float is because it's so highly concentrated in magnesium, we know the benefits of magnesium when it comes to our muscles and to pain and inflammation. So not only is it the relaxation effect that you're getting, but you're getting these beautiful relaxing effects with your muscles. So it's it's almost like this mind, body and soul therapy. I'm actually Googling float tank, Byron Bay, yes. as we speak. Yes. Okay, so these are some questions short and sharp questions with short and sharp answers please um what do you wear in the float tank swimwear or nothing i don't actually know if you're allowed to wear nothing but i go naked a lot (laughs) i was gonna say i think i'd like to do it naked yes but make sure that you haven't shaved the day before because it fucking burns like really bad if you have any cuts or any grazes you have to cancel you have to reschedule because your pores are open it's sore and also for me, I have psoriasis on the back of my head. Yeah. I've made the mistake of going when it's been inflamed and it's been horrible okay. and I have a really good pain threshold. I've had to get out and not, not finish the float. So just be really careful with your skin. Okay, so I found one just up the street from me, 60 minutes, $80. Does that sound reasonable? Yes. And yeah, that's, that's absolutely reasonable. Like really good. I have a membership so you can get in a lot of places like a monthly float for a certain amount of time. If you sign up for like six months oh. and mine at Sydney float center, they never expire. So you can miss a few months, but then you've got a few floats up your, up so your sleeve. Good. Okay. Yeah. My next question is what, where are your ears and your head? Like, Oh, great question. Yeah. Okay. Because you're so buoyant, you are given the option of an inf- like um, inflated head pillow thingy, but you don't need it. You can actually just have your head just resting or your arms behind your head, which I do sometimes, but you're given the option of a inflated pillow. And the other thing is you get earplugs. So they give you your earplugs, the towel, everything is provided for you so that you don't get salt in your ears. Yeah, because I, I, like, I love when I'm in the ocean and I float on my back, but I just don't like and for a little while I love that kind of sound that comes from having your ears under the water but I couldn't do that for an hour no you're pretty much your head's pretty much above water from memory yeah it is it's above the water but you've got the earplugs in if they're dipping in okay interesting um my next question is is it dark in the pod or is there some light in the pod so at where I go, you have options. It's meant to be pitch black because you want to literally be suspended in space with no senses whatsoever, except for maybe hunger. So <laughs> so you want to have like a little light meal beforehand, not any coffee because you'll be ov- overly stimulated. Well, I mean, which I is drink fine coffee, for you. so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so but that said, there is the option for where I go, there's a little light switch on the inside and you can turn the lights on and there's different colored lights and it's all really beautiful. But if you're going to do it like the fucking hardcores, mm. you go no light. Yeah. I don't know why. I, like I suffer from claustrophobia, absolutely. But this is triggering me big time, which means I definitely need to go and have one. I feel yes. like I would, and I don't want to future project it, but I feel like lying there in the dark, I'd maybe be okay for 25 minutes and then all of a sudden I'd have a panic attack. Yeah, that so, was my fear too. Yeah, yep. so if I did, like let's just say that happened, yep. how do I get out of the tank? You, They show you how you can open the tank. So there's a handle inside. You lift the handle. Well, you turn the light on, lift the handle and get out. And then you go, I'm fucking done. I would say you you can't go off your first float. You really got to stick to it. Give it three or four nudges. Trust me when I say for me, it was a nightmare for the first few times, but I was fucking persistent and now Trent and I both love them like obsessed yeah all right I'm gonna do it I love that oh wait I have one more question oh my god how much room is there between your face and the top of the pod in the pods that I go to you can sit up and there's so much space above you like you could be sitting and there's like heaps of space it's like a kind of like an egg I'll put a picture in the Facebook group okay great oh I'm so excited and I'm going to go do one this week. I'm so excited for you to try it yeah. and all of you. I mean, it would be a really interesting discussion in the Facey group, those of you who do float, what were your first few experiences like? I love and the way you like, say I, it. 
Are you a floater? Are you like, a float? like I float. I float. <laughs> it's so I, good. I just, like float on the reg. Yeah. Um, on the and rag. if you're not floating and you decide to float, just like you guys have been popping off with the yin chat, which I've loved. So good. We want to hear your experiences and see how you go. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of the Facebook group, there's been so much engagement in there. Holly and I just, like, we actually can't believe it. It's it's so beautiful. We love it. Thank you for everyone who took photos of their beautiful, bold lips, lips and posted them yes. on Instagram. Thank you for everyone's feedback about their yin classes and going to yin and how they felt about it. That was really beautiful. Um, and we had one beautiful follower um, put out a call out. I've got to check how that's going. A call out yes. for a meetup in Brisbane and Gold Coast. So, if anyone is in Brisbane and Gold Coast and is interesting interested in meeting up with some fellow middle listeners, that's all happening in the Facebook group at the moment, which is really fun. Oh my gosh, middle meetups are the goal, right? Yeah. We're gonna. It's like a real thing. Yeah. So we we actually, if you are somewhere in. A, it doesn't have to be Australia. I don't even know if we have listeners from overseas. I'm sure. Oh my god! If you're overseas, tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a spare room at your house? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Holly and I are coming over. We're coming to stay. <laughs> but do like if you are looking for connection, if you are looking for friendships, this is a beautiful place to start. I do believe that Holly and I are vibrating on a certain frequency, and it's attracting all of you into our orbit. So it's more like it's most likely that you guys are vibrating on similar frequencies. So you've got a group of people to um, pick and choose from. So create some meetups in your area. Yeah, this is the perfect opportunity for you guys to put into practice what we were talking about at the beginning, being vulnerable, putting yourself out there and getting that beautiful soul connection because it could be someone who is listening alongside with you right now. Yes, I love when we we do this thing where we like go into this like Richard Mercer love song dedications voice when we're... I love it. <laughs> I love good. it. It's like, yeah. just continue to listen and we'll see you next week. It's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. Um, Holly's coming to see me. Well, she's coming for other reasons, but I say it's to see me in Byron Bay next week. So we're going to take advantage of that and we're going to litter your social feed with two of us together at all times. So get ready. Oh, my gosh. We may even go live. And when you said I litter, know. I got really defensive. I, know, I was like, I know. what it do you be, mean litter? We are not littering. Literal litter. It'll be metaphorical littering. Literally. Figuratively speaking. Um, literally. Yeah. I got the joke. I gave, it, I gave you the joke. You did. You did. I actually saw your joke and just said it louder. <laughs> You're what that I do friend. Sometimes. Yeah, I, know, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It happens to me all the time. Um, all right. That was fun. That, that was episode so fun. seriously went for five hours because you guys might be listening to an hour's worth, but we have had many hiccups throughout this recording. <laughs> oh, one day we'll share the hiccups. So fun. One day. Anyway, well, I don't think you guys are ready you're not for, ready for the it convos yet. yet but no. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, if we'll let Holly, it out or not. I, I really want to leave the sign up to you because no one does it like you. I mean, sign off. So, yeah, sign Thank out, you. sign off. So All right. take the All right. You've been listening to The Middle. We can't wait to catch your ear holes for our weekly reading <laughs> in a couple of days. Thank you for listening. That was good. That was good. We've got to work on this ear holes thing. I don't know. I know, I don't, I don't know why I say it. It's very no, aggressive. No, it's great. No, it's, well, it's what's ear happening. Holes? There's holes in your ears and we're being listened to if through you, those holes. If you didn't have ear holes, our podcast wouldn't exist. <laughs> it's, it's true. So thank you so much to all the ear holes out there. <laughs> it's like a nice way of saying assholes. I was literally thinking that. I'm like, it's like offensive but not. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. 
Instant Glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.